today on CityCast Salt Lake. Something a little different from our normal Friday format today, because in very cool news, we are sponsoring a punk show. This Saturday, 7 p.m. at Wild Pepper Pizza, the concert is a benefit for the local organization Rough Haven. They take care of people's pets while they're experiencing crisis, which could mean housing insecurity, going to rehab, hospitalization, or just seeking temporary refuge in a place where you can't take your pet with you. The goal is to ensure that on the other side of crisis, people can be reunited with their dog, cat, or other support creature. There is nothing more punk than looking out for each other. At the show, your $10 donation will support Rough Haven's programming. And chatting with me today is Dr. Rennie Putnam, one of Rough Haven's veterinarians, to talk about our loneliness epidemic and the role of crisis companions. It's Friday, May 27th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Renny, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I read that Rough Haven was founded during the COVID-19 pandemic, and I'm curious what some of the sort of pandemic-specific pet-related problems are that you all were seeing like right off the bat. Like, What were some of the cases that were either emerged out of the pandemic or became intensified by the pandemic? Yeah, so they're just coming up on June 2nd, I think is the two-year anniversary of when the group was founded. And to be totally transparent, I have not been with Rough Haven since its inception. Um, I actually have only been in Salt Lake in Utah for about nine months. Well, uh, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Um, CityCast Salt Lake has been a great resource for me. Oh, goodness. Leave that in, Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the main thing that they do is the crisis sheltering. Um, and then they sort of have a newer um, bridge of service that I'm helping out with, whereas where they actually go out to um, encampments um, where people are living um, and, you know, just go out there and provide, you know, mostly vaccines, microchips. Um, if people want to get their pets spayed and neutered, they can, Rough Haven can organize that um, through some of their partners. What is that? What does that actually look like? Like, are you, do you just walk up to someone, you see you as a dog and say, hey, I've got a checklist here. Let's make sure that you've got what you need here. So we go out with um, Unsheltered Utah, um, which is an organization that goes out and provides resources to, you know, people experiencing homelessness or, or who are unsheltered. And um, they are, are a great resource because they just know they have their finger on the pulse and they know because these encampments are constantly moving, getting abated, and then they'll slowly kind of grow up again. The um, director of Unsheltered Utah, Wendy, she just always knows. She says, okay, well, this camp has moved. People aren't really there anymore. I saw a camp over here and there were some dogs there. So we'll go there. So we go out with them to the encampment. So they kind of already have a presence in the that community. And then we just kind of tag along and we set up a table and we say, hey, are there any um, pets here? And mainly dogs and cats are what people are, are having in those sorts of situations. So, you know, we say, are there any dogs and cats? Do you guys want to get them vaccinated? Do you want to get a microchip? And now very recently they've gotten the go ahead to actually issue full licenses on site, um, which is great. Like before we would get them all vaccinated and microchipped and say, you just need that last step of getting a license and then no one can hassle you. No one can take your pet away for not being, you know, up to date or legit. Um, but even that small step was kind of, you know, people say, well, I don't have $15 or I don't have a way to transport myself to the office where they're issuing those licenses. So even though we would get them almost all the way there, 
they still was that barrier. And so now we're just fully getting them all vaccinated, set up, and then um, getting them licensed on site so we can like do the whole process, you know, but um, people sometimes have, you know, medical concerns with their pets. And so if they do, you know, I'll do a full exam and, you know, talk to them about what maybe, and we do have sort of a, a limited medical kit that we take with us that's got, you know, some antibiotics, some bandage materials, you know, things that we can use on site. Um, if things are more serious and we think they need kind of more intensive medical attention, um, they do partner with Canyon's Veterinary Clinic. Um, and so sometimes they can give them a referral to go there and to, to get something, uh, you know, more intense. We had a dog, we had a pretty serious paw pad laceration and <clears throat> I tried to bandage it and, you know, but these dogs, these, just like their people, these pets are often out walking, you know, most of the day. And so it just wasn't healing up quite right. So they got him over to Canyons and he got it stitched up and we just visited him recently and Petey, beautiful, like three-year-old pit bull, like the sweetest dog in the universe. Um, yeah, he's so cute. Oh, I'm a sucker for pit bulls. I love their little round heads. I have mm, one too. Mm, little yeah. seal faces. Yeah, uh. they're, they're the cutest. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're irresistible. What is the response that you've gotten from folks when you go out with your kit? Are they like, do people think that maybe you're going to take their animal? Oh, I think that some people are a little wary, um, yeah. understandably so. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of like, and, and people are a little wary of, um, I know of the crisis sheltering part of things too, um, where they say, um, you know, and again, that's Rough Haven's main thing that they do where people are going into somewhere where they can't keep their animals, they'll house them for free for up to 90 days. And some people will say, well, you know, how do I know I'm going to get my pet back, you know, at the end of this? And so there's a little bit of trust that has to be built there. And people can come and visit their animals when they're, um, you know, being housed by Rough Haven as much as they want, um, if that's something that they're able to do. I've had some people question, you know, um, most people want to get their pets vaccinated. They don't have a problem with that. Sometimes the microchip, um, they're not totally sure about that. You know, is that going to be somewhere where they can track my animal or right. something like that? Um, but by and large, people are very receptive. I mean, they care so much about their pets and they take, you know, within their resources, take such amazing care of them. But there are just things that they know that they can't do. I don't know. Maybe this is just me, but as like a total layman, I feel like what this one of the things that I've learned in this pandemic is just to think about public health more broadly than I think I ever had before. Like before this pandemic, I would have thought public health was just like very specifically how many hospitals there were in a, in a community. Right. And like thinking about the kind of work that you're doing, going out and getting dogs vaccinated and making sure that people have what they need to like get through hardship. And like, it's just, it's, it feels like it's all public health. Yeah, there has been a move in veterinary medicine um, in the last several years, last couple of decades called One Health, where they kind of talk about looking at human, animal, and environmental health kind of as all interconnected. Um, And I've worked on some projects um, that sort of try to integrate all of those um, and, you know, with, you know, greater or lesser degrees of of success. But um, I think just, yeah, it just... in the end, it has really helped me just kind of think about it in a more holistic way. I think the community aspect of it is is a huge part of it too. Yeah, Rough Haven always needs fosters, um, so people to to you know take in those pets and you know uh, the dogs all day is a, a boarding facility that one of the founders Marissa owns, and that's where a lot of the pets are housed. But having them in actual homes with fosters is obviously a better, more comfortable situation for those pets to be in. Um, and just, yeah. um, so we, you know, we try to do that if, if possible. I was actually listening recently to the episode where you had Landon 
Hale on and him talking about punk as a community. Um, yeah. And I think that this is, um, he actually gave me a copy of his book and the inscription said, Saving Pets is Punk, um, which uh, I loved. I love it. That human-animal relationship is is huge for so many people and whether you're unsheltered or not. Um, for some people, you know, the only way that they give and receive unconditional love is through that relationship they have with a pet. There was a bill at the legislature this year, um, and I wonder if you'd be willing to talk about it a little bit, that allowed for victims of domestic violence to include their pets in domestic violence protective orders. I thought that was such an interesting piece of legislation. I wonder if you could share why it's so impactful. Yeah, and that was something that, um, you know, the founders of Rough Haven worked really hard on and really, you know, went to bat for. It's, it's again, you know, these are members of people's families. And so it just makes sense to include them in these protective orders like you would, you know, a child or another, you know, um, family member for whom someone is responsible or is a guardian for. Um, and sometimes, you know, um, in those situations that, you know, pets can be sort of you know, unfortunately can be like means of leverage or bargaining chips or just like a way for someone to exert, um, you know, or manipulate, um, someone in, you know, and obviously domestic abuse comes in so many forms and we think of, you know, sort of physical and, and verbal abuse a lot, but there is, you know, mental and psychological abuse that can, um, take many forms. In the course of someone moving out of an abusive home or relationship, their pet, you know, they didn't have time to grab their pet or whatever, and the pet's there, and the person might be saying, hey, I'm going to keep this dog until you come back to me, or I'm going to, until you rescind this order, um, you know, and pr prior to this bill, there was no recourse for the, for those people. Um, and the legal standing of animals um, is it's kind of strange, and I think a lot of people would be surprised if they knew more about it, and you have to take a law like a pet veterinary law class when you're in vet school and oh really you know yeah pets are are technically property um and so the way that that works in the law is can be very complicated and convoluted and sort of not um it can seem strange to people i think when they realize that you know you're talking about a living being but it is being treated as as property you know more like maybe people would more commonly think of like livestock or something like that and so for example if a pet, you know, um, were to, you know, God forbid, die in some horrible way. Um, typically, if there's some sort of legal action taken, it's only for what the monetary value of the pet would be. Um, it's becoming, it's becoming more common now to be able to sue for like emotional damages for the loss of a pet. But for a long time, that was not something you could do. Speaking of Landon, we at CityCast Salt Lake are sponsoring a punk show. It's a benefit show for Rough, Rough Haven and the work that you all are doing. It's this Saturday, May 28th at Wild Pepper Pizza on South State Street. They're asking for a $10 donation to get in if you've got it. Um, aside from showing up for that, how can folks support the work that you all are doing? So anything that you want to contribute or any way you want to help out, you can go to roughhaven.org. Um, okay. and so they, they always need fosters. I think there's an application on the website. Um, obviously it makes the world go round. So monetary donations are always appreciated. I'm not really on the socials myself, but I understand that <laughs> Rough Haven is very active on Instagram and Facebook and they have a TikTok and, and they have a TikTok. They have a TikTok. Yeah. They have, they, because some of the pets that, um, especially the cats that are 
being housed there are um, pretty adorable and and deserve <laughs> to be shown to the world um, and to have their little spotlight. Yeah. I love it. All right. I'll definitely follow the TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Um, that show is great. Uh, it's really going to be really awesome. Um, I hope people come out for that. I will be there. I'll be in the pit. I hope to see you yep. in the pit, Allie. And, uh, I'll be thrashing. Great. Look forward <laughs> to it. Rennie, thank you so much for your time. It was great to have you. And thanks for the work that you're doing. Thank you, Allie. A few more things before we go. First, see you at the punk show benefit for Rough Haven. It's this Saturday at Wild Pepper Pizza and a $10 suggested donation. If this will be your first ever punk show, perfect. It's a great entry-level slate. The headliner is local band Sunsleeper. All the details are on our Instagram at CityCast Salt Lake. Here's a quick news update before you launch into the weekend. On Wednesday night, the West Valley Community Council voted no on continuing with their community renewable energy program. They could have been on track for a 100% renewable West Valley City by 2030, but only two of the seven council members voted to continue the program. West Valley City is the second most populous city in the state, right after Salt Lake. Senator Derek Kitchen has opened a bill file to raise the age to purchase firearms in Utah from 18 to 21. No comment yet from leadership at the Utah legislature about whether or not this bill can make it to the floor for a vote during their next session. Historically, the Utah Republican legislative supermajority has moved to make guns more accessible in Utah. If you want to see this bill on the floor, you should absolutely email your representative and senator, even if that's Senator Kitchen. And finally, the Jordan School Board unanimously approved a motion to allow students to wear religious or cultural regalia as part of their graduation attire. Students of color showed up and showed out to make this happen at Tuesday's meeting. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Nick Steffens, and our producer is Diane Majapinto. Our newsletter editor is Madeline McGill, and our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the fantastic local band, Mitochondria. Long weekend for us here, and I hope you too. We'll be back Tuesday morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.